Hello and greetings to each of you this day. I am your host of the Being Love in Action podcast, Reverend K.C. Williams of Kenya C. Williams Ministries. Listen, I am a grace girl, daughter of the King of Kings and a disciple and lover of Jesus Christ. And I invite you to walk with me today as I share a word of encouragement. So grab your coffee or have a sip of tea with me while being encouraged, empowered, and even challenged as we learn through the gospel of Jesus Christ, the life applications of what it truly means to being love in action. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome again. Oh, it is always a pleasure and an honor to meet with you guys, all of my brothers and sisters, week after week here, while you guys uh, are listening and tuning in, and while God is allowing me to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, I, I am always humbly grateful because no matter what, I am a servant of God. And as a servant of God, my will is whatever his will is for my life. Amen. And I pray that this week has been a week that has been filled with great things in spite of the bad things that's been happening or the not so good things. You know, one thing about me and who I am as a believer in Christ, um, I am very authentically and honestly real. And I say that coming from a place of love, truth, and transparency. Amen. You know, um, this has been a week and I say, I hope that great things are happening because in spite of what we see that's happening in our cities and our states and our country and around the world, we know that there are some horrible things that are happening. Let's let's just get into it. You know, I I I I was not I did not originally want to make something necessarily um just about the coronavirus. Amen. I, you know, I know that there's so many things that people are doing and saying and and I'm a person I like to just listen to see what God is saying. Not necessarily from a prophetic place, but just to listen. Um, that part is always part of my DNA, but just to listen as his daughter, if that makes sense, just as his daughter, just as a believer, I always want to know, God, what are you saying? What are you saying to me in reference to my personal life? What are you saying to me in reference to the voice that you may have for me, for my children, my grandchildren, my family members, my friends, and for those that I may have to minister to, or just what do you have to say? Amen. And one of the things, if I could be very honest today, the topic we're going to talk about is how to survive fear in the midst of a crisis. How to survive fear in the midst of a crisis. Let's just be real. The world is in a crisis right now. Has the world been in a crisis? Absolutely all over. There's one crisis or another. You know, it has been two years that they have been having locusts, a, a swarm of locusts, a plague of locusts that has been in Ethiopia and Somalia and Kenya. Now, that is not anything new for those people, our brothers and sisters that are in that area of the world. They have been dealing with that almost two years. You don't really hear about it on the news. You don't really see it. You know, there are genocides that is happening, war-torn countries all over the globe. You know, there are, um, you know, people dying from hunger and starvation. There's always crisis that is going on. And usually they're not always happening at the same time, simultaneously, at least the same thing. And I think that what is going on now with the coronavirus is that it is getting everyone's attention simultaneously because it is affecting everyone at the same time. So honestly, I am one as a, as a woman of God, as an intercessor before I was even called or knew I was chosen by God. I always had a, 
a, a love of prayer. You know, I could meet a stranger and then in my job doing what I did uh, for almost 20 years, people would always share their life with me. And so a lot of times as they would share their life with me, they would tell me stuff and and I would always have like sticky notes or something. And I would just at some point ask them, could I pray for them? And I, a lot of times I didn't pray for them right there. I would take down whatever their issue was and pray for them. So as an intercessor, I have always had a heart for prayer. Amen. And I remember about a month ago, it was actually February 11th. Um, I made a post on my Facebook page prompting people to pray for China and all of the other countries and the and the United States. But at that point, the United States had not had um, the coronavirus hit its shores yet i don't think it had um and so but my my heart was already in prayer mode for this virus and for the people in china and all over the world that had in italy and the places that it had already hit and so um i want to say about friday you know as i've been praying for you know people all around the world friday it hit it you know it's been in america now but it hit the shores of the state that I live in. For those of you who are listening, I am originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, um, I've lived in Dallas, Texas, uh, one of the suburbs of Dallas, Cedar Hill, Texas, for almost 10 years after Katrina. And I moved back to Louisiana to be closer to my 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 mother who is ailing and you know growing older and my siblings who are still here but I don't live in the city itself I live about 45 minutes outside of the city of New Orleans but that's where I was born and raised as well as I was raised in Maryland amen so if you hear me sometimes especially when I do shout outs you'll hear me talk about you know um, New Orleans and you may hear me talk about Maryland um, because I graduated from high school in Maryland. My dad actually still lives in, he lives in Virginia. Amen. So just to, you know, this is a very, you know, transparent um, podcast today because I believe that as believers in Christ, we can really help each other to grow and to be strengthened through the power of God's word and through the power and the gifts that we have inside of each other when we can in crisis, be encouraging to one another in a sincere and authentic place. And you may say, what do you mean by that woman of God? Well, I tell you, excuse me, I'm drinking my tea. Yes, I do drink tea. So I'm drinking my tea while I'm actually doing this podcast today. This is truly a very authentic podcast. No, this is just me just just coming from a um, and I'm always coming from a very authentic place. But this is me being a little bit more vulnerable and transparent in my story. Amen. And so in Louisiana, the the the, the coronavirus hit us Um and I think, you know, the numbers were initially 13 in the actual city of New Orleans. Then it looked like the next day it grew and then it just kept growing. I think we may be at like 99 or 100 people now. Um, today is, um, I think, the 16th, which is Monday. And we've had two deaths in the state of Louisiana. So in in Louisiana, where I am. We're, you know, north, southern Louisiana. So this is New Orleans. So if you hear me and you're saying because Louisiana also is northern part of Louisiana, which is Shreveport, which is right by Texas. Right. It's about three hours to Texas. But all of the cases that I'm talking about right now, the 99 or the 100 are mainly concentrated in the New Orleans metro area. So we're talking about New Orleans. We're talking about Metairie, Kenner which is New Orleans, Louisiana is set up by parishes. In Texas, they're set up in counties. So some places where you may live, for all of those who are within the United States, you're either in a parish or, I think Louisiana is probably the only one that does parishes, but most places do counties, right? Um, and I'm not sure overseas how you guys are divided, right? But in we've had about, um, I wanna say a hundred cases within not even a week's span of time in days. And a couple of those cases, uh, one of those cases is 
a very dear friend of mine, someone that is very personally close to my heart, very near and dear to me. And then another family that I know very well. And so, of course, I've been praying. And when I first got the news, they didn't think that they had it, but they had gone to the doctor. They were given a diagnosis of having the flu. Right. Um, they took the, the, the healthcare professionals did take the test and then they had to send it away. So it took 48 hours for them to get the results back. So, you know, just to let you know, here in Louisiana, most people were sent to doctors. Um, some people were sent to doctors and sent home, um, maybe with just regular flu symptoms and sent home. And uh, they if they felt that it was severe enough, they gave them a test, but they had to wait 48 hours, two days to get the results back. Um, the person that I'm talking about, I think there was Wednesday. They went to the doctor, but they did not find out that they had it until that Saturday. And even when they found out they had it, they were home. They were not told to return to the hospital or anything. But, you know, doctors were calling them and all of that and, and checking on them. But that person's symptoms got worse. OK. Um, and again, this is someone that is very near and dear to me. And so um, not a biological family member, but someone that I'm very close to. And so, um, of course, having children, having grandchildren, we're all in the home together. You know, school in the state of Louisiana, school has been let out. There's no schools. So, you know, um, initially, will I say, before I even found out about my loved one, will I say that I was fearful, afraid? Can I be honest with you? There was some fear. There was. Did I believe that God does not protect me and my family? Absolutely not. I believe that. Does it mean that I, I, I thought everybody was going, is going to die? Any of that, that extreme thing? No. Let's be honest. When this thing hit, and of course, we know that we have crisis that comes every day. But we're talk I'm talking about this thing only because it is something that is hitting the world simultaneously. We know that there are no other issues that are people deal with every day. We get cancer diagnosis, heart disease, diabetes. We get, you know, uh, premature deaths. We get all of those things every day. So this is this this word of encouragement is not just for the coronavirus. That is just the the tone that I'm using only because most people across the board right now at this time, I don't care where you are in the world, have an understanding of this thing. And if it's and it's someone, whether they know them personally as a great friend or a friend of a friend, there is someone, you know, that is being impacted by this, whether it's even someone famous. And so. I am, like I said, I'm a prayer person, prayer warrior. I come in where I do my podcast every every week from my prayer closet. Amen. And so I got in my prayer closet and I begin to pray and I begin to seek the face of God like I always do. And 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 so what I'm sharing with you today, very honestly and openly, is the process that I am going through right now in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of this pandemic. How to survive fear, how to as a believer in Jesus Christ, as someone who loves God, who stands on the word of God. How do we deal with fear in the midst of a crisis? How do we do it? And if we're honest today, if you're listening, be honest with yourself. I'm afraid. Be honest. I know, you know, I, I I go silent. I don't get on Facebook and all that all the time and release all my emotions because I think we have to be very careful about that. But we got to be honest with ourselves. And so what I did was as I began to pray and I said, OK, God, you know, what what is it? And, and when he gave this to me today, well, he gave this to me, you know, I'm like, OK, God, so how do I share this? 
And one of the things about the Being Love in Action podcast that we want to do is we want to bring the word of God through the characters in the Bible as well to allow you to see the humanity in the people of God. We want you to understand that the word of God is a template to our lives. But in that template, you got to understand that every man, woman and boy who has been written about and girl that has been written about in the word of God, they were human. The only ones that were not human was Jesus Christ. But he took the form of humanity in order to go through the feelings and the emotions and the physical pain and agony of humanity when he bore our sins on the cross cross. So understand that every person in this word of God went through something and in their going through something, fear was one of the things they many of them had to deal with. So let's get into this. Let's get into this. How do we survive fear in the midst of the crisis? You know me, I like to look at definitions. What is fear? It's a noun. It's a thing. It is an unpleasant emotion that is caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous and it is likely to cause pain or a threat. Amen. That's the definition. That's the Webster's definition of fear. So this 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 coronavirus thing, it's a fear. Let's be real. It is a thing. Let's be real. It's a thing. And it poses a threat. So in that capacity, it is a normal understanding. And what is emotion? What is being afraid? It is an adjective. It describes that feeling. It's that worry that something that undesirable will to occur or that's done or to be done. It it, as a result of fear, you, you take on these adjectives, anxiety. Right. But this is what I want us to understand. To be human. It's to have moments of emotions and feelings as a result of life's circumstances. I'm going to say it again. To be human is to have moments of emotions and feelings as a result of life circumstances. So it is the absolute. Watch this. It is the absolute and authentic thing that makes us different from all other creatures. Is the ability to have feelings and to have emotions. We are not like animals. God created mankind in his image. He gave us a soul. And we're created, we were created in the image of God and we have a soul. And the soul is the spiritual part of our humanity. It is the DNA of who we are. It is the essence of who we are. Because when our physical bodies die, our soul will live. That is why as believers in Christ, we talk about salvation. We talk about being saved. We want to live in eternity with God because our soul must rest somewhere. You want it to either rest in heaven or it's going to rest in hell. One or two places. It's not going to become part of the universe. It's not going to become of the very universe that God created. It's not going to become part of the grass. We're not going to become reincarnated as grass or whatever, whatever you may think it's, it's, we will either rest in two places. That is the belief of Christianity. That is the foundation, right? So what, how do we get, how do we survive? How are we going to survive through this, this fear of this virus, this thing that is plaguing the world right now? How do we deal with it? The first thing I want us to understand the first way we got to deal with it is absolutely understanding. It is a normal feeling. It's a normal feeling. So as a believer in Jesus Christ, it is okay to be afraid. It is okay to have Fear, a moment of fear, a moment of being afraid. It does not make you any less, any um, unspiritual. So, you know, for all of those who, you know, the super spiritual folk that say, you know, you, you know, and I'll get to the scriptures. Uh, but, you know, for all of you, you know, we you can't be afraid of this and you can't be afraid of that. Listen, let's be real. Do you know the only way we can really operate 
in the full capacity of God's will and to be strengthened through the word of God is if we are real with ourselves. That, look, look, take away titles. I don't care if you're a leader. I'm a leader. But I, 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 I deal with fear at times. We all do. And if you don't, you're superhuman. You're a superhero. And that does not exist in humanity. It doesn't exist. Do you understand? I'm going to show you even in the word of God where Jesus and his humanity had to deal with his issues as well. Listen. It's a normal feeling. To be afraid. Because when we learn from the definition, it is a belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or threat. It's it's a it's it's it's. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you're not afraid of nothing? You know, I'm that person, you know, especially in the spirit in the spirit realm, you know, hey, you know, come on now. You know, something you get a diagnosis and you're like, man, I'm not worried about this. I trust God. You know what I'm saying? But when I started seeing this stuff. With this virus and then it, it hit so very close to me so fast. And when I say close, I mean in, in far as relationship, because I I haven't been around that person physically in probably a month. Right. Or a little over maybe almost two months. Right. But but what I'm saying is, is that it's someone I love. So to the, the, the thought of. Them being in a situation where I could not even get to them physically to encourage them. It was hurtful to me. It was hurtful of the possibilities of what is to come. Now, watch this. We get diagnosis of family members and friends that may have cancer, that may have heart disease. But why is it that we panicking so much over this thing? Right. And so I'm just we just being real today. This is this today's podcast is releasing. It's to allow us to have a place in a space to really talk about this thing and to have a moment to woosah. You know, I don't know if you I love the Bad Boys franchise, but, you know, um, I think it was the second one when Martin Lawrence had to go to therapy because he was, you know, his job was overwhelming him and they had to woosah. It was just like a releasing. Right. This is this is but we're doing it, you know, through the word of God. It's normal, people. It's normal. It's a normal feeling whenever a threat is made to your life. So don't feel you won't hear from God because you may be afraid of a crisis. And if anybody told you in the midst of this crisis, you talk to, you know, some of your super spiritual friends, they say, oh, I'm not worrying about this, you know, because here in Louisiana, basically the schools are out. They're telling you, you know, really don't travel unless you have to, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we're taking heed. I have young adult children and then, you know, one of my, you know, they're not afraid. I say, no, you don't have to be afraid, but we have to be use wisdom. Right. I want us to look at Elijah. So it's a normal feeling. How do you say that? Well, what I'm going to use today, we're going to look at three different people in the Bible and we're going to look at their story and how they responded to fear or what caused them to be in a fearful place. Look at Elijah in first Kings 19 chapter second through third verse. Here's what's going on here. The prophet Elijah in in chapter 18 had uh, the king, the king at the time was Ahab. And we all know his wife was Jezebel. So for those of you who are listening and maybe you're not familiar with the Bible, we're talking about the story of one of the prophets of God, the early prophets of God, which was Elijah. And we're coming from first Kings. Okay, what happened in, in, in chapter 18? Elijah and the priest of Baal, Baal was a pagan god, uh, they were looking to kill Elijah. They had already killed the priest of God and Elijah was one that had gotten away. And so as a result, you know, they were mocking God. They killed the priest of God. So Elijah tells them, the king at the time, say, listen, get all your priests that worship your God. And me and we're going to get on this mountain and we're going to cry out to God 
I'm going to cry out to my God and let your your priests cry out to their pagan God. And we're going to see whoever God is, the real God is the God that's going to answer and light this fire on this mountaintop. So they go through, you know, the Baal priest, they go through all this whole thing. And then, of course, what happens is God, the one that believers live, believe in, the God of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. God at that time was I am who I am, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He allows fire to come from heaven. And so as a result, the priest of Baal, which was the pagan God, they were killed by the prophet of God. So Jezebel, starting in chapter 19, who was the wife of the king, says to Elijah. Now, mind you, Elijah is a prophet of God. He's a mighty man of God. He's spoken the word of God and the word of God has come to pass. He speaks to God and God speaks to him. He as when God gives him a word for the people, he gives the word of, of God to God's people. He was respected because they knew him to be authentically a man of God. We're not talking about false prophets. We're talking about the prophet of God. And so in chapter 19, here is what happened. We're talking about fear and we're talking about how many, how people in the Bible, men and women are men of the Bible, whether it was a man or a woman, people of the Bible, how they responded to fear in their everyday lives and how fear even affected them. Because remember, we're talking about fear, how to survive fear. Amen. And look at chapter 19 and verse two, it says, so Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah. Remember, Elijah is the prophet to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely. If this time tomorrow, I do not make your life, make your life like that of one of them. She's talking about in death is as the prophets, as the priest of Baal that he killed. He said, Elijah was now watch this. Verse three, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Do you hear me? Here was the man of God who operated truly in the spirit of God, who did, who just saw the victory of God. And 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 he gets a word from a woman who is angry. She's a queen. Right. But she ain't nothing nice. And she tells the prophet, I'm going to kill you. She threatened him. Remember fear. The definition is when someone or something is dangerously likely to cause pain or a threat. Elijah was afraid. He was afraid. Watch this. If you go on to read the story. Yeah, for a minute, for a moment, he was afraid. Yeah, he ran. He ran to the cave. But even in his fear, I want you to understand. The very first thing is that he was human. Just like Elijah, a man who did great things for God, he was human. He had seen the, the, the hand of God. How many times have you and I seen the hand of God in our lives? You know, we, we've prayed for people to be healed and God has healed them. Some of us as leaders, we've laid hands on people and they've, they've been healed. Come on. Some of you have prayed with people and, and you've seen God manifest his will in their lives. The same thing. So right now, if you had a moment of fear for the coronavirus, you still saved. God still loves you. You, 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 you know, you you haven't been thrown to the side. So expel that. It is part of the human condition. So that's the first thing. And how to survive fear in the midst of a crisis is understanding that whenever you face a crisis and you have a moment of fear, it's normal. It is part of the human condition. And be encouraged to know you're in the company of greatness because Elijah himself ran from fear. He ran for his life. And if you continue to read the story, he got to God. He said, man, I'm tired. I don't want to run no more. Just kill me. He was he was wanting death. Because of that fear from a woman who he prophesied how she would die and everything he said came to pass. Do you hear me today? It's OK. The second thing I want us to look at. In fear. 
Understand there are moments of fear does not define who you are in Christ. Your moments in fear does not define who you are in God. And they can come in the midst of you walking with God closely and being without sin. Now, this one, I want you to hear what I'm saying. It's two parts. It won't define if you have a moment of fear. It does not define who you are in God. Meaning, I, I said it a little bit after I talked about Elijah. It does not define who you are in the spirit of God as a, as a daughter or son of God or being saved. It, it does not define who you are. And maybe you have been in a season in your life that you've walked with God and you're, you're purposing every day to live a lifestyle pleasing to God and, and you're doing and trying to live right. Now, I'm not saying we're un, you're perfect, but you're really trying to live in the will of God for your life. And you're walking with him. You're praying. You're seeking the face of God. And you don't even understand why you're afraid. Why is this? coronavirus virus making me afraid this 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 don't make no sense i've been you know let's let's make that thing personal what is it in your life that god has gave you a dot you've gone to the doctor and they've told you something you 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 know you have type 2 diabetes you know you're going to have to become insulin dependent or maybe you know you got to take these pills for the rest of your life and you say nah buddy i ain't doing that if i got to work out i got to lose weight whatever i got to do i'm going to do it i ain't taking no insulin for the rest of my life now does that mean if a person takes insulin they're outside of no we're talking about what is that thing in your life you got that call or they said to you you know what this is, you know, if 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 you don't pass this last test, you're going to fail this semester. And, you, and you're thinking about the scholarships you have or, you know, what is it in your life? You know, what is it? In, you, you know, maybe it's that child you've been praying for, man. And 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 you've seen them, you know, turn around, come from out of the world. That son or that daughter you've been praying for, that niece or nephew. Right. Or maybe that coworker, maybe it's a church member, you know, um, you've been praying for them, you know, and, and, and they share with you a story, you know, you've got that story of, of, of a wife that, you know, husband is cheating on her or uh, one of your brothers may have gotten a, a husband say, man, my wife cheating on me. I, I don't know what to do. And you've prayed for them. You've prayed for him or her and you've seen God move in their marriage. You've had to deal with a cancer diagnosis for a loved one and you've seen God allow them to be healed. Even when you've seen other people not healed, you've seen the hand of God. And you say, what is it? Why? Why? If I've walked this closely with God and I've seen him do these things, why is fear this thing that is creeping up in my life? Can I tell you? We already know it's part of the human condition. It's a it's a it's part of the human condition. And I want you to understand it does not define who you are in Christ. I want us to look at the story of Peter, Peter, the apostle Peter. Remember in 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 Matthew, Peter was the, the apostle that denied Christ three times because he was simply afraid. Here is the apostle. That later on, Jesus called him the rock. He denied the, he denied being connected to Jesus three times, three times. He was simply afraid. Why was he afraid? Again, what is the, the definition of fear? It is it. Remember, we talked about the unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or threat. Why was Peter afraid? Jesus had just been arrested. He saw his leader, the Messiah, being taken away. He was hurt. He was scared. He didn't know what was coming next. In his human condition, the first thing he thought was he was fear. Why was he afraid? So he denied Jesus Christ. And in, in Matthew 16, verses 15 through 19, if you want to get a chance to really read it and check, take a look at it. But here's what what happened. Jesus has now been taken. Um, he's been arrested. And the disciples are now scattered all over the place. Peter is wandering around. He's 
trying to keep warm, probably in front of a fire where there were others around. And this this girl sees him and. She says he looks like one of the men. That hangs out. With 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 the Nazarene, right? And Peter says, no, that's not me. That who? What are you talking about? Now, this is Peter. This is, you know, Peter is the one I call peace. Peter, you know, uh, the gospel gangster. He was that he was that apostle that wasn't straight. He wasn't afraid to say whatever he had to say. And he was going to do whatever it took. He was the one when they came for Jesus. He took a sword and he cut the ear off. And Jesus told him, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, he she, Jesus said, this has to happen. And he took the ear and he put it back on. Jesus healed the man's ear. J you know, Peter is that one. Everybody need a Peter in their life. Because Peter is going to tell you how he feels. It may not always be right or it may not always line up with the will of God. But he's going to speak it from a very authentic place. And he ain't afraid to get his hands dirty. Peter said, no, that's my Jesus. You know, he was protecting, you know, Jesus, but Jesus had to let him know, wait a minute, this has to happen. You know, this is part of my journey. So I got to let these people arrest me. I got to get to Calvary. But Peter in his human condition was afraid. And so he denies Jesus Christ. But watch this. Even though he denied Christ. He still was meaningful in, in his position and God was still purposed. Matthew 16. Jesus was talking to the disciples and he asked the disciples, he said, who do they say we I am? And, you know, some of them start saying, well, some say you Elijah, some say you, you know, and, and Pete, Peter, Peter, the one who comes straight out for it, he said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. That's what Peter said. Peter didn't worry about what was being said. He said to Jesus, you are the Messiah, son of the living God. That's what Peter said. And then that's when Jesus said, I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail over it. This is the same person. That denied that he even knew Jesus Christ. And Jesus said on you, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail over it. See, see, Peter had that straightforward. He was considered a rock because of his stability and his strength with his character. Peter was not shaken by others opinions of Christ. You know, he when Jesus asked the question, he said, you are the Messiah. He didn't worry about anything else. What was said. He was bold. And he and he said what he said in a very authentic place, yet in his humanity in a moment. He was afraid. He was feared. He had fear in his heart. When he thought about. Being connected to Christ. But it never changed. Who he was as a lover of Jesus Christ. And in fact. Who he was to Jesus. And his position he played. He was the very foundation. Of the apostles. Was he the greatest apostle? No it doesn't mean that. But it meant that his position as the rock was imperative, even in his moment of fear. Do you hear me today? Are you listening today? Even in our moments of fear, we still are important to God and our purpose will still be done. The last thing I want us to look at in reference to how to survive fear in the midst of a crisis. Remember, we, uh, we said the first thing is to understand that it is, it's a normal process. It is normal. It is part of our human condition to be fearful at times or to be afraid. The second thing we got to understand how to survive fear is that fear does not define who you are in Christ. 
So the lies of the enemy that tell you you ain't saved or, you know, if somebody else tell you, oh, she ain't got no faith. You know, people be quick to tell you what you are and who you are when you're transparent. Instead of embracing and saying, you know what, brother, sister, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray the strength of God for you in this moment. But I'll get to that in just a moment. I'll get to the encouraging part of it in just a moment. But we got to line up our bodies. We got to line up our minds, our hearts in this process. Amen. And the last thing I want us to understand. That when we confess our fears. The power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Because now I'm talking to those of us who are believers, right? And if you're not a believer, we're going to invite you to Christ. But as believers, the Holy Spirit lives in us. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. It is the guide. It is our spiritual connection. It is the intercessor. Amen. And so we got to confess fear to God. When we have moments of fear, we got to confess that stuff. We got to confess it. Listen. Because God will give us the strength to handle whatever it is, to handle that situation. Fear is the transparency we submit to God. I'm going to say it again. This is the third part of the text. Fear is the transparency we submit to God. What do you mean, woman of God? When Jesus Christ was in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus in Mark 14 and 36. He had asked the disciples to. Pray with him to stand watch and pray with him. Jesus was right in the process of knowing that everything was getting ready to come to a head. He was going to be arrested. He was going to be brought before the tribunal. He was going to be beaten for the trade. He knew he was getting ready to go through all of that stuff, all of the physical agony. And he was having a moment. Jesus in the midst of the moment, he says in the word of God, he, he begins to pray and he says, Father, take this cup from me. Jesus is crying out in his humanity. He's in fear. He's in hurt. He's in pain. He's saying, God, take it from me. I don't want to have to deal with this. How many of us want to say, man, God, I don't want to deal with this coronavirus. I don't want to deal with this, man. I don't want to see. I'm, I'm tired of hearing, you know, it on the news and, and all over the world. I'm tired of seeing the images of, of them telling us people are dying. God, we're, we're tired. You know, we're in fear. We're, we're hurting. We're in pain. We don't want to deal with it. Can I tell you something? We know that it is part of the human condition. Amen. And we know that in order for us to understand, we know it doesn't define who we are in God. We're still saved even in those moments of fear of being afraid. But here's the beautiful part of fear when we're honest and when we confess it. See, the beautiful part of it is when we confess it, Jesus said, God, but let your will be done. When you release your own fears to God and say, you know what, God, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm releasing this to you because I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm being transparent. I want to be like Christ. I, I, you know, I'm having a moment. God, I don't I don't like what I'm seeing. I'm tired of I got friends and people that I love that are affected by this. I have brothers and sisters all over the world, you know, who are dealing with this, you know, praying for our leaders and praying for our medical staff and for those that we can find some kind of way in praying that the people of God will come together in prayer. God, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. I want you to be encouraged today. Because see, when we understand that it's part of the human condition, when we have those moments and when we understand that 
in order to survive, we got to understand it's okay. It's okay to have a moment. We got to understand in order to survive that it does not uh, negate who we are in being saved with God. We're still saved in those moments. And we got to understand that we got to be able to be transparent with God and let him know where we are. We got to confess that fear to God because once we do that, we release it unto him, you know, and once we release it, then the Deliverance can begin to take place. Oh, beloved of God. Remember the father who brought his demoniac son to God, to Jesus. And this is in Mark 9 and 24. This, this man brings his son who had had a demon possessed child all his young life. And he brings him to Jesus because he originally was looking for Christ, but Christ was away praying. And so he brought him to the disciples, but they were unable to heal the demon in this child. And so when Jesus steps on the scene and he sees this man and, and he begins to have a dialogue. And the father of the demoniac son said to Jesus, while in the presence of Jesus, he said, I do believe, but help me overcome my belief. See, unbelief is another word for fear. God, help us. Help me. Help every one of my brothers or sisters that's listening. God, help us today to overcome fear. How do we survive? How do we survive fear in the midst of a crisis? Understand that fear is a normal a normal reality. It is part of the human condition. Understand that even in fear, it does not define who we are in Christ. And understand that when we understand that it is fear we're dealing with, confess it to God. But listen, we got to read the word of God. Listen, go to your concordance and look it up. Look all the scriptures. It'll give you the scriptures with about fear. If you have a Bible app on your phone, I, I use version or on your laptop, get a Bible app. You can search words now and it'll pop up all the words for you. Pray the word of God. You know, I am one. I talk about praying the word of God and then speak the word of God over your life to encourage yourself, to encourage those in your household, to encourage those in your community. Listen, people of God. The enemy is the father of lies. The devil is the father of lies. He tells half, half truths. So can I share with you as we get ready to close today? I'm excited now. You don't understand. I was transparent. I said what I felt. But do you know about time I finished this word that God had released me through the power of the Holy Spirit? That fear was no longer um, what I was wearing, what I was feeling. Glory to God. I, I thank God for the release. I thank God for the ability to walk continually in his fullness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So what do we say about fear? Remember, and I'm going to go to familiar because guess what? If you don't know anything else, everybody should know Psalm 23. That's one I think we all learned when we first got saved or when we were little kids. Psalm 23 and 4 says, I shall fear no evil for thy rod and thy staff. It comforts me. Oh, yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It says I shall feel no evil for thy rod and thy staff. that comforts me. God is comforting us right now. Believers. I know, I know, I know what we're seeing on the news. I know what we may be hearing from our family members and loved ones who have been affected. But listen, let us not walk in fear because God is there to comfort us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen what Psalm 91 and 5 says. It says, do not fear the terrors of night, nor the arrows that flies by day, nor the pestilence, nor the plagues that destroy at midday. I know, I know. Some of us are dealing with the, the locusts. Some of us are dealing with this, uh, whatever diseases or whatever is affecting your community, your country, your town, your city. The world is experiencing right now the coronora. But he's saying, uh, listen, uh, he said a thousand may fall and 10,000, but no harm. And watch this. I want you to also understand that the word of God says it rains on the just and the unjust as well. 
So unfortunately, some of us as believers are not immune to the rain, to the sunshine. When it rains, it rains on everybody. When the sun shines, it shines on everybody. But it is for those of us who are believers that we have the love of Christ, that we have the ability to know that joy comes in the morning. We have the ability to know that no matter what we're experiencing in life, the Bible declares that nothing will ever separate us from his love. We don't have to operate in a spirit of love, a spirit of fear, because the word of God says in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love and a sound mind oh beloved of God know that fear does not have to be the banner that you wear be strengthened and encouraged through the power of the word of God it is your sword it is your comfort it is the very thing that will keep you in the midst of the crisis. Listen. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe all of this stuff, all of this, what you're seeing is putting you in a position that say, man, I, I need God. I, I need Jesus. I need something. Listen. The Bible says in John 3 and 6, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Yes, I know we all have sinned and we all have fallen short. None of us, none of us are perfect. But it is simple. Salvation is simple as this. It's confessing your sins, you know, saying however you want to say it to God. Listen, I'm imperfect. God, I've messed up in my life. You know, I've done whatever you you can go detailed or you can just be generic. But God, I know I need you. I no longer want to walk in my own ways, in my own mind, my own sins. God, I need you. Whatever it is, be authentic with God. And it says in Romans 10 and 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Listen, I pray today that as a result of this word that you were encouraged and that you were inspired. I pray that if you started off in fear today, that as as you heard this word, that fear is no longer the banner you're wearing right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can I tell you why I encourage you? I encourage myself in the word of God. Yes, yes, yes. So we thank you for tuning in today. And we pray that you were blessed by today's podcast. Tune in with us weekly right here on the Podbean app and Apple iTunes. Also, tune in with us on the DFDEN radio, gospel radio station. And if you'd like to contact us, email us at Kenya C. Williams Ministries at yahoo.com. Until next time, remember, and now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. 1 Corinthians 13 and 13. And I am Reverend Casey Williams of King C. Williams Ministries. Peace and blessings. And remember to give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. And continue to be kind and to be love in action. God bless you. Until next week. Bye bye. <laughs>